Hello, and welcome to the Chris Terrell Podcast. My name is Chris Terrell, and if you're new here, I've lost 125 pounds. It took me two and a half years to do that after an entire adulthood of yo-yo dieting up and down and up and down again until finally I got sick and tired of doing that, and I made some real meaningful and lasting and permanent changes to my lifestyle. And I've been keeping the weight off, and now I am here every Friday teaching you how to get the same results in your life. It is my honest hope that you are able to obtain the body and life of your dreams. I know it's hard. I know it's hard because I did it, and it was hard. And I've worked with lots of other people, and it's hard for them too. And I just want to be here to help you get across the finish line. Because I don't know, is this a hard week for you? Are you making it? Have you been struggling with a plateau? Have you been struggling with the scale not moving now? If you haven't yet, I promise you will. It is something that happens to all of us on a prolonged weight loss journey. We hit these periods of time where the scale just stops moving, even though that's not what we want. Like we're counting our calories or we're watching what we eat or we're otherwise actively working on losing weight and the scale is just not moving. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that this week, some things that you could be keeping an eye out for. Now, before I jump into that, I want to take a quick moment and talk about how you can support the podcast. As you know, I'm committed to keeping the podcast ad-free, packed with value, something that really can help you along in your journey, but I need your help to make that happen. In the show notes, there's a link where you can buy me a coffee. It's a fun little way you can give back to the show. But by buying me a coffee, you can directly support the show and keep me delivering high quality content every single week. We're coming up on 100 episodes right now, and I would love to get to 200. But I have a very important request with my ask here. I don't, under any circumstances, want you to give to the show until I have provided you with some real value. I want to help you first. I want to earn that donation from you to help keep the show going. That's why I'm committed every week to bringing my A game and delivering content that I wished I would have had on my journey. So if you love what you're hearing on the show each week and I've provided you some value, I wanted to ask to consider supporting the show and buying me a coffee. Every contribution, no matter how small, helps keep the show running and it helps me continue to deliver the content to you each and every week. All right, so let's go ahead and let's get back to the topic, though, that you really want to talk about, the dreaded plateau, the dreaded stall that happens on the scale. You might be thinking, I'm on a plateau. What do I do? What do I do? Now, I have a multi-step process that I take clients through where we troubleshoot to get the scale moving again, but I want to talk about one thing specifically of that process here on the podcast. The first thing you got to do is you got to verify the calories are not sneaking into your life like stowaways on a ship. It's one of the things that tends to happen. We think we're on a plateau when in fact we are unintentionally eating to maintenance calories or we're eating at such a slight calorie deficit that weight loss can't be noticed outside of on a five or six week timetable. And the first thing is always to go look for the hidden calories, the ones you aren't even looking for. Those are the ones that are going to get you. You've got to be on the lookout for them. And there are five common ways that calories can sneak into a weight loss journey. Five. And we're going to talk about all five of them today. The first one, some of y'all ain't going to like this one, but this may be the very reason why your scale has stalled. 
coffee and liquid calories. Coffee and liquid calories. For you coffee drinkers, and I am a coffee drinker. I'm a, right now, what am I, about three or four cups a day right now is what I'm currently doing. It might be time to double check how you're making your coffee. A lot of times what I would do is I would figure out how I made a cup of coffee. And I would just weigh it, measure it out. I'm like, all right, a cup's about 100 calories. Perfect. The way I make it up with the creamer and whatnot. But maybe I ended up with a different cup and then I just started eyeballing it. And I figure sometimes I sploosh a little too much and sometimes I sploosh a little too less, but it all evens out, right? Well, sometimes I just tend to always be doing too much and I just don't even realize it. And so if you're a coffee drinker, it now might be the time for you to go re-measure how you're making coffee. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, this is dumb. I shouldn't have to check my coffee. Uh, yeah, you should. Coffee can very easily add up to three, four, five, six hundred calories a day. If you're a multi-cup of coffee drinker and you are adding calories to your coffee, I have seen it more times than I can remember at this point where people, they go to double check and then they find, oh, way more calories than I thought. It is not unusual for it to be double than what we think sometimes. Now, the other thing we go, we're not, I said coffee and liquid calories. The second kind of liquid calories you got to work for are all the other recreational calories, especially if it is soda. Some of you out there are just straight up soda addicts. You feel like you have to have a 250 calorie bottle of soda every single day. You're, if you can't go a week without having a soda, you're addicted. I'm not saying, if look, if you want to keep being addicted, that's fine. I know right now I'm addicted to caffeine. If I don't have it tomorrow, I'm going to get a headache real bad. I know I'm addicted to it. I've chosen to do it. It's fine. I'm not going to sit here and say I could stop at any point. It's going to suck. It's going to suck so bad if I have to give it up, all right? I know because I taper off every few months. I taper down to almost nothing. So if you're a soda drinker and you just got to have one every day, you're addicted. And I want you to ask yourself if you're okay with that. If you're fine with it, bless you. Go for it. Have at it. But if you're not okay with it, don't pretend like you're not. And don't say I'm not addicted. Prove it. Go a week without having it and see what your experience is like. But the reason why I'm really pushing on the soda, why I think you really should consider not even drinking soda with calories on a regular basis while losing weight is because it's empty calories. It doesn't fill you up. It often leads to overeating later. Have you ever run into this where you get to your dinner and you're like, oh, this isn't enough food with the calories that I have. Did you ever think that maybe it would have been enough food if you could take the 240 calories from your Coke earlier in the day and added it to dinner? All of a sudden, that 600-calorie dinner just became an 840-calorie dinner. I have been monitoring and being mindful and aware of calories for many years now. Let me tell you, there is a big difference between a 600-calorie dinner and an 840-calorie dinner. I can have a ton more food for that 240 calories. If I took that same 240 calories that I had in a soda and instead ate the 240 calories of a protein source, I would be incredibly full. The extra calories from your empty calories in the soda could lead to overeating later. So the problem is the soda, not your limitation of calories. Soda doesn't help your hunger. For some of you, you are far enough into your journey that you ain't got 250 calories four times a week to donate to soda because you're going to be too hungry. And if you're too hungry, you're not going to stick to your weight loss journey. It is essential that you're managing your hunger throughout your entire weight loss journey. If you're not managing your hunger, if you're letting your hunger manage you, you're in for a world of hurt. And the soda might be creating situations where you don't have the calories where you really want them. So think about that. Look at the soda. Look at the liquid calories. 
We ain't talking about alcohol this time, but the same thing basically applies for alcohol, except it's worse. But I'm not saying you can't have soda. I'm not saying you can't have alcohol. I'm just saying if you are on a stall, you need to go double check those things. You need to think about them. The next one is cooking oils. This is the second way that calories will sneak into your diet. Cooking oils are incredibly calorie dense. You've got to measure them. It is so tempting and so easy to not measure your cooking oil. It can be so easy to do. And the problem is oil equals flavor in a lot of cases. Oil equals that delicious browning that happens on the outside of meats. So don't eyeball it unless you're professionally trained in cooking. And even then, you should probably measure it because if the scale is stalled, you should not be eyeballing oil. You need to be making sure you're getting exactly what you think because there's a 60 calorie difference between a half a tablespoon and a full tablespoon. And if you're doing that with multiple times a day, next thing you know, that's 200 calories that are sneaking into your diet in a day. And then if you're not paying attention to your liquid calories and your coffee has crept up by 50 calories each and you're having four cups a day, now that's 400 calories that are sneaking into your day that you aren't even aware of and you are just so sure that you're eating all the calories that you think you are or not eating them. And you're just so sure that you know exactly how many calories you're eating. Now, the other part of the problem that comes in, though, is other people cook with oil, and some people use it liberally. Some people put a lot of oil into food. You've got to make sure to be taking that into account. Cooking oils can easily sneak in a few hundred calories a day. And last thing on oils, by the way, spray oils are not calorie-free. Now, if you're taking that spray oil and going, you don't need to count that. Seriously, I actually went and got a very accurate scale to see how many grams come out if you were to go just like that. How many calories? 20 or 30 calories. It's really not a big deal because that's about all I'm using, okay? Usually, I use just enough to get seasoning to stick or I use just enough to get it not to stick to a pan. That's about all I would use. I figure if I'm using the oil for that, I don't really need to count it. I'm not even going to worry about it. If it's more oil than that, then I'm going to take it into account. I'm not saying I'm not going to cook with it. I'm just saying if I'm just doing just a little bit of oil, I'm not going to worry about it. But I have seen some people, they're like, it's calorie free, right? It's not. It's still oil. So if you want to have fun, if you happen to have an accurate calorie scale, take a plate, put it on there, and then spray the oil onto the plate and then weigh it. You got to have a very accurate scale that can really do good at single grams. But you'll be surprised at just how many calories are coming out with a cooking oil spray. This is not me saying you got to be obsessive and count that. I'm not saying you are. Just be mindful, especially if the scale is not moving. Now, this leads to the third thing, though, that really comes with the oil, and that is eyeballing your food. It is very common that a lot of people, when the scale is stalled and I start talking to them, I say, are you weighing everything? Everything. All of it. Are you weighing all your food? And the answer will be something like, "Uh, well, I'm eyeballing. I know about what six ounces of this looks like. I know what eight ounces of that looks like. And I'd say, go double check. Go double check. It is shocking how often the eye is wrong. Your eye is a terrible scale. And yes, I'm talking to you right now, the you right now that goes, no, I know what it is. My eye works fine. I'm perfectly capable. No, your eye is a terrible scale. You're not the special one. And creep is going to happen. I believe you that if you were to weigh something out and then tomorrow you could probably eyeball it about the same because you just saw it. And probably even for a few weeks you could do that. Five, six weeks? Bet you can't. 
I'll bet you could not reliably measure something with your eyeballs after eight weeks. You mind if you're using a spoon and you're eyeballing it as it relates to a spoon, which is just another form of measuring. You need something relative. Your eye can't remember to compare it to something else. And creep is going to happen over time. You will trick yourself six ways a Sunday if you use your eyes. So if the scale is stalled, if it is not moving, stop relying on your eyeballs. Start relying on scales and measuring cups, spoons, whatever it needs to be. Some sort of unit of measure that is not your eyes. That's what you need. Now, before we go to number four, I'd like to take a moment and invite you to join my free Facebook group. With weight losses, you need like-minded people to talk to because this journey is something you're going to have to do alone. Like it's going to, even if you're married, like you're going to be largely doing this alone. Most of the battles are going to be fought in your head by yourself, but that doesn't mean you have to be alone. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a community that you can reach out to. And so I've created a free Facebook group of people that listen to the podcast, people that prescribe to the same mindsets and philosophies, and you can come in there and associate. Even people in my paid community, the Guild of Champions, they come in there too to help talk. I show up there every Monday morning to do a live stream to you all, and I even show up in the comments and engage with you. I want to encourage you to come over to the free Facebook group and get that free support that's just lying there waiting for you to do it. We're right at around 4,000 members in that community, and it is top-notch and excellent. I know I'm a little biased because this is the one I started, but I truly mean it. It's the people in there that make it amazing. And to those of you that are in the Facebook group, thank you for being in the group and thank you for supporting other people on their journey as well. I'm so glad to have you in that group. Oh, and you can get a link to the Facebook group by going to it in my show notes of the podcast or going to christerrellcoaching.com, scrolling down and clicking option two on the homepage. And that'll take you right to it for free. Okay. Let's get back to it. The fourth way that calories will sneak into your diet that you need to be looking for if the scale has stalled, and that is letting others cook for you and not asking questions. Hey, it's okay to let others cook for you. A lot of you, that's the only way you're making it work. Maybe your significant other is doing the cooking for you, or maybe you're going to restaurants. However, when you let someone else do the cooking for you, they're making a lot of choices without you being aware of them. They might be making an addition where you might make a substitution, where you might add one slice of cheese, they might add two. They might be adding an additional ingredient that you don't know that they're adding that happens to have a lot of calories. Remember what I was talking about with the oil earlier? Maybe the reason that somebody's dish is so damn delicious is because you put half a tablespoon of oil in it and they put three. Maybe you put one tablespoon of butter in there and they put six. Butter is just pure delicious flavor. And some people have discovered they can make food taste great by just adding more butter. You can actually be a terrible cook, but if you add enough butter, you can make almost anything taste good, right? And so some people, that's how they compensate for their lack of ability to cook well, is they just load it up with butter and they're making the food for you. It is essential that you ask questions, even at restaurants. You can ask them, hey, what do they cook this in? Can I ask them not to do it with that? Can you omit that ingredient? They're happy to do that. They want you to have a good experience. And don't be worried about, well, I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable and awkward. How has that thinking been working out for you so far? It's not self-centered. It's not awkward. You can be incredibly polite about it. Don't be an asshole. Just be nice. But ask questions. Let's talk about the fifth way that calories enter into our weight loss journeys without us knowing. But this one is sneaky 
because it comes in right in front of you. You are literally aware. You literally hold the door open and let these calories into your life, the ones I'm about to talk about. Now, I want to be very clear. The reason why you hold the door open and let these calories into your life as extras, even though you don't call them extras, it all comes down to your mindset. It comes down to your mentality. Because you have situations where you believe that you should eat food, that it's okay. These are your special occasions, your exceptions. Sometimes you have convinced yourself that it's acceptable to eat under certain circumstances regardless of the fact that you're on a diet and that if you were to take it away from yourself, you might even use the phrase, that's disordered eating or that is somehow wrong. Just because you're at a function, that doesn't mean you have to eat. Just because you're there where other people are eating, that doesn't mean you have to eat. You're going to have greater success on moving the scale down when it's stuck, when you take total ownership of the food you eat in a 24-hour period. So if the scale is stuck, I want you to sit down and ask yourself, in the last 30 days, how many exceptions have I made where I deemed it okay to go over my calories? And then look at the reasons you gave. You might find that you had eight one-offs. Yeah, it's hard to spot because they're all disconnected. One isn't attached to the other. A coworker had a birthday, so they brought in cake one day. A few days later, your mom called and asked to go to lunch at a Mexican place with chips and salsa. A few days, the next week after that, you found out that there was going to be a barbecue and you really wanted to go to it. A few days after that, there was a game over at a friend's house. And even though you don't care about the game, you wanted to go where there was going to be all the great game food. Then next week, your church was having a potluck Sunday, and you decided, well, you need to bring a dish and eat with everybody else. And the list goes on, right? All these just different exceptions to the rule. And you've just been saying yes to all of them because, oh, no, this would be wrong to me if I said no. This would be terrible. I can't do this. That's disordered eating. That would be depriving myself. Hey, it's fine. You want to eat them? Eat at it. But understand, math is math. If you eat too many calories, you won't lose weight. To lose weight, you have to be in a calorie deficit. Plain and simple. Unfortunately, that's going to mean you're going to have to say no sometimes. You can't say yes to everything. You can't. Saying yes to everything is what put me in the situation where I was 290 pounds. I'm willing to bet saying yes to everything has something to do with it for you too. So as much as I hate it, as much as I wish you didn't have to do it, as much as my heart hurts for you because I've been there myself, I sat in that sort of world for two and a half years, you're going to have to say no sometimes. You're going to have to say no a bunch of times. You're going to have to say no in situations where you spent the last 30 years saying yes. And it's going to feel wrong. And you're going to hate it. Because your old paradigms, your old belief systems are going to rebel against it. And of course, your entire social network, potentially, could be giving you peer pressure to participate. And I know how hard it can be when you decide to go against your tribe. When your entire social network likes to have food with everything and you've decided, I'm going to still hang out with them, but I'm not going to eat as much. And they notice. Or you've decided, you know what, I'm not going to go out and get ice cream with my friend because I don't have the calories for it today. I know she really wants to. I know she had a breakup, but she had a breakup. I didn't. I don't need the ice cream, but she really wants me to be there for her. What am I going to do? Or your buddy wants to go try out some new restaurant that he's just super excited about, and it's the new fried chicken joint that opened up in town, and you're just thinking, gosh, I really do not want to deal with that this week. Like, I'd love to have fried chicken, but this week the numbers don't work. I've already said yes to too many things during the week, so now I have to say no. Like, that sucks. 
Or maybe you have to say no to something because you know you want to say yes later. Maybe you got a party coming up this weekend and you're banking calories all week so you can show up to that party with 3,000 calories ready to go, locked and loaded and going to eat and have a good time. And then something unexpected pops up in the week and you're like, oh, shit, I really want to do that. But I just don't have the calories in my budget. That's going to happen. It will happen. It might have happened to you yesterday. I don't know, but it's going to happen. Completely isolate yourself from everybody in the world. It's going to happen. And I can actually say that true because I went through a pandemic and even then it still happened some. It was hard. It's amazing how many times people will try to pressure you into things and you're going to have to say no. And often it is going to be your friends, your close friends, and your family. It will frustrate you how much it is the people closest to you that are making it so difficult. Sometimes we're doing it on purpose. Sometimes it is completely unintentional. My advice, just always assume it's unintentional until you have spoken with them about it. If you speak with them about it and then they keep doing it, now it's intentional. Now they're doing it on purpose. If the scale is not moving, you need to make sure that you are taking extreme ownership of all the food that you eat in a 24-hour period and on a seven-day period. That means you're going to have to watch these celebrations. You're going to have to watch these special occasions. You're going to have to watch those times you're wanting to turn to comfort food because you're going to have to say no. And you're going to have to start looking at them and being a little bit more critical. You're going to have to be very careful of letting people cook for you. You're going to have to be mindful of those ingredients. You're going to need to start weighing things. If you don't, this is going to be so much harder. You're going to need to do it. You're going to have to stop trusting your eyes blindly because your eyes could totally deceive you and lie to you. I know that plateaus are frustrating. I know that scale stalls are incredibly frustrating. I know how frustrating it can be to have to say no when you so desperately want to say yes. When the reality is you could say yes. It'd be so easy to just say yes. Yes, I'll eat that. I'll just deal with the calories later and put it off on future you to deal with. It's so simple, so simple. And I know that it's gonna feel frustrating to have to tell yourself no when you don't want to, but you can do it. I know you can do it. You've done it before. You can do it again. You can do it again. It's gonna be hard, but you can do hard things. So if you're in a stall right now, I want to speak to those of you right now that you have been stuck for a couple of months and the scale just not is not moving. Don't give up. Keep pushing. Keep striving. Here, right now, this moment, this is when your metal is tested. This is when you find out who you are. This is when you find out what you can do. This is when your resolve is being stress tested. Your why is being stress tested, but you can't sit here forever. uh, One day, your why is not going to be enough. It might be next week, might be next month, it might be this evening. But if you're stuck in a stall, you can't stay here forever. You got to go. You got to move. And the best way to do it is set a goal. A small goal. One or two pounds. And then get intensely laser focused. And just say, I got to get the ball moving at all costs. I need momentum. I need to go the right direction. So set a teeny tiny goal and get laser focused on it and just do whatever it takes to get that scale moving again. Try things you've not tried before. Shake it up. Stop trying to do what you've always been doing. It's not working. 
It's time to do something new. And if that doesn't work, try something else. 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 If you need help, get it. Reach out to people. If you're stuck, come join the Guild of Champions. We'll help you get unstuck. But don't give up on yourself. It's worth it. I promise. You can do this. I'll see you next week on the Chris Terrell Podcast. Have a great weekend. Seven, seven, J, T, two, two, two.